Welcome back to This Week in Film. It's the weekly podcast where we get together and talk about the movies we've seen over the past seven days. I'm Nick Fanonto, joined as always by Midwest Matt Lauer. Matt, how's it going? It is going pretty well, Nick. Given the circumstances, can't complain. How are you? Uh, I, I guess I'd have to agree with that statement. Um, I saw one movie this week because I just couldn't bring myself to watch anything else. I just, <laughs> I just didn't want to. <laughs> and last, and last night, the movie we watched, I like forced myself to watch, and and I just told my wife, "You pick what we're watching because I just don't care." <laughs> Nothing like a movie podcast for someone who doesn't like movies right now after last week i've just kind of movied out a little uh, bit. last the, week the show must go on pretty intense i saw three movies okay what were they the first one was poltergeist 2 oh wow okay yeah i wanted to follow up poltergeist 1 with the second and then i saw a movie called ma oh that? wait is that the belt is that the trailer with what's her name and she's like come party at my house kids yeah it's it's a movie starring octavia spencer that's it yeah yeah who invites or her kids to uh to her house and then i don't know i guess in the opposite sort of vein of how you are feeling i was like you know what i do kind of want to watch this other movie so i'll watch this too and it was a poor choice spoiler alert <laughs> i watched open water 2 adrift oh wow haven't you seen that before no i've only seen open water one okay i still haven't seen that one yet i also saw the reef which could have been called open water i guess four or something at this point is the reef the one with blake lively where she makes friends with steven seagal what or she makes friends with steven seagal oh oh no that's the the shallows oh yeah, people just have a hard time coming up with the original name for shark movies. But anyway. What was The Reef? The Reef is the one that I saw. I've reviewed it twice because I watched it. And then when I was watching it the second time, I was like about 20 minutes in or something. I was like, this seems familiar. Oh, that's right. I've seen this before. Didn't, <laughs> didn't realize it at all when I chose to watch it. I'd say Open Water's worth watching. The Reef's worth watching. The Shallows I didn't think was very good. I thought the shallows was okay. I like. I really like that Steven Seagal joke. Oh yeah, I really like that shark that tries to set murder scenes. But yeah. <laughs> I watched a movie called. Hold on, I keep forgetting what it's called. Oh no, the Journey of Natty Gan from 1985. Hmm. When you tell Jill to pick something out, she just really <laughs> finds something obscure, huh? Uh, a little bit, yeah. Why don't you start, since you've had the most, since you win this week? Yeah, I won. <laughs> so, Poltergeist 2. The plot of Poltergeist 2 is, and having seen this only about a week ago, I still feel like I'm like, I don't really remember this that well. <laughs> the family moves, but the spirit from under the old, well, the spirits from under the old house follow them. I guess because there's like a spiritual juice going on within the family. There's kind of hints pretty early on in the movie that Carol Ann and her grandma, because they moved to her grandma's house, and uh, there's some, some discussion going on between her and the grandma that's like, you've got special powers. And she even tells the mom that this is the grandma speaking, tells the mom, Hey, you know what? You, you have some special powers too. Or no, actually, you know what? I'm not quite sure if she says it or see, this is what I'm saying. I can't remember all that. Well, I can't remember if she tells the mother that she's got some special powers or if it comes up later in the movie, but she definitely tells the granddaughter, you've got this special gift. And uh, I think that's supposed to be the reason that the spirits follow the family. 
But then eventually, and, and I, I'm spoiling a bit here because, you know, this is a movie from like 1985 or something. They end up having to go back to the old house because the stuff is, is like, it's coming out from there. Oh, but the movie starts with, sorry, the movie starts with a, a couple Native Americans like singing around a fire and like reading the spirit of smoke and like it goes up this one guy's nose and then he is on his way to find the family. Meanwhile, this conversation happens and the grandma dies and I guess stuff really hits the fan there. This old creepy dude shows up and he finds them at a market and he's like, hey, I want to talk to your daughter. She's a real pretty girl. She's got a really nice way about her. And they're like, oh, <laughs> they are they are pretty like suspect of the guy like right from Jump Street. Which is good because he's acting incredibly creepy. And if they were like, you know, the sort of characters that are just like, well, you know, I, I trust this guy because he's smiling with all the teeth in the world. He's got <laughs> so many teeth. And so anyway, fortunately, they're like, oh, this doesn't really sit well with me. I'm going to take my daughter now. And then he shows up in their neighborhood. And this, this movie's kind of like the first one where there's a lot of different stuff happening. And no one did a whole lot to try to make it very cohesive. In this one, there's, if you were to say, what's the main thing that's really going on? You might say it's a battle between the Native American and this old guy. But the movie just sort of drops the Native American character like left and right. Like he, he'll be in one scene as though he's living in their backyard and then he'll just not be around. And you're like, shouldn't he be around right now? What's Why would he just disappear? Did he have something else to do today? You know, and other times you'd go, oh, this is about the mom discovering that she's got powers. No, it's about the dad, apparently. <laughs> and so towards the end, you get a lot of Craig T. Nelson focused stuff. He does at one point a pretty wild wild impression of the old man and it's it, it, like whatever maybe they put fake teeth in his mouth i'm not sure but the way that he's like singing the song that this old man was singing you're like huh his mouth is really looking like that old guy's mouth right now so that's pretty effective <laughs> the, the, when it comes to the good stuff from this movie what does work the creepy old man is a hundred percent creepy and and that's just probably all performance right there. This dude's just really good at making me like, oh, I wanna, I wanna call an adult. The uh, elements, including the grandmother, even though this this idea that they all have powers is kind of feels kind of weak. It does add something to the movie that somehow works in terms of giving the spirits some motivation for like following these people around i guess it helps that there's something otherwise you've got like the effect of like jaws the revenge where you're like for some reason these sharks are just obsessed with this family the native american character himself i mean this movie doesn't treat culture very like sensitively or anything but the the actor's likable and the character's really likable amidst the rest of the movie which is just it's really messy Again, kind of like the first one, they're sort of nonsensical events where it's like the tree eating the boy gets overlooked pretty easily. Like nobody's like, wait a minute. Why did the, in the midst of all this, why did the tree eat our son? How's that? Mm -hmm. How's that a spiritual thing? This one, there's a moment where the brother's 
braces like jump out of his face and start swirling around his head and stuff. And that seems kind of like nonsensical. The fact that it does end up focusing on Craig T. Nelson at the end and you're like, what? who is this movie focused on? That's a little funky. And the ending of this, oh man, is it anticlimactic? It is just, it's the worst. It's like they either ran out of money or they just ran out of steam. They, they were like you trying to watch a movie this week, just being like, ugh, no, I don't feel like it. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's how they were with the climax of the movie. They're like, eh, I don't know. We'll just put them in a portal for a little bit and, and just they'll reunite there. Oh, wait, we need them to fight something. Eh, throw one of them a spear and oh, you want them to have a big fight scene with the, the spear? No, 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 no. Not a big fight scene. Just give them a spear, throw the spear at the spirit and then we're done. Oh, it's like wordplay. Oh, well, and then they're like, well, wait a minute, but they didn't get the daughter back. They're like, oh, well, you know what? We'll bring the grandma bra- back. She'll she'll just deliver the daughter and everyone will be like, yeah, cool. <laughs> It's it's uh, it's disappointing. I, I I I enjoyed these movies so much when I was younger. It's I really wish. Well, and they were creepy when I was younger. Now I can still see some of those elements here and there, but I want it to be better put together so that I can just like really enjoy it. But mm-hmm. it was not happening. So I want to be able to recommend this because of the few creepy things, especially the old guy. But I really can't. I really can't say. If you've seen it before, I can't really say it's that worth going back to. And if you've never seen it, I I don't know. If if you just like getting the 80s cheesy horror movies, then then maybe it's worth it. But if you're just looking for a good movie, I'd say pass. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think last week after you watched Poltergeist 1, you recommended Poltergeist 2. I don't know if I recommended it. Maybe I did. I know I was expecting it to be a bit better than this because I remember thinking that the first one was really good, the second one was pretty good, and then the third one's not very good. And this time around, I'm like... The first one's okay. The second one's, it just does a couple things right, maybe by accident. I'm not going to mess with the third one. We're, gonna, we're not going to. I was going to say, are you going to watch the third one? Just finish it off? No, I don't have your, because, your completest necessity. If you do that, you have to watch the remake one too. So you say. These are, these are Nick <laughs> rules, man. Although I am, I, 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 I would be curious to see the remake to see what they do, but, uh, it looks like it's gotten really bad reviews and, Considering nobody ever talked about it at all, I'm like, eh, it's probably not any better. Yeah, I I never heard anything about it, so not a good sign. No. Hmm. All right, well, why don't you talk about one of your other movies? Well, I will save Ma for last. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll jump down to Open Water 2, Adrift. I I think I have the (laughs) subtitle right. I really don't know, and I don't care. So Open Water 2, here are a couple of my notes. And this is like literally like 15 seconds in. I hate these people. (laughs) And then about two minutes later, I'm like, oh, good. They got old and boring, which in a sense actually was kind of reassuring. I was like, okay, well, they're singing in a car with their kid and that's an annoying trope, but at least they're not going to be as douchey as they were in the first few minutes of the movie let me interrupt you real quick so like i said earlier i hadn't seen the first one is this the same cast as the first movie (laughs) no you got to see the first one you'll understand why that's a funny question okay so like you said that like in the first 10 minutes of the movie you're like i hate these no 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 No, the first 30 seconds okay literally but then they grow up well they're like college students in the first few seconds or maybe like uh yeah probably college students 
like around that age anyway. I'm, I'm not sure that they're students. And then in the next scene, you're with two of them who have like, like when they're, they're, they're in the first scene, they're just like partying and stuff. And they're like, wow, we're partying and we're young and we're best friends. Yeah. College. Woo. And you're like, okay, you've discovered college. You've discovered beer. Good for you. And then in the second scene, it's like, oh, now we're, I don't know, five years older and we've got a baby and that's great. And I'm like, okay, so the baby's going to be how they try to get me invested in people. This movie does not know me very well. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, so they, they've grown up kind of vibe. But that's just with the one couple because these people all get back together on a boat. And when you meet up with the other characters, there's definitely one who's like, I'm still like I was five years ago. Woo! Like your first introduction to him is they're trying to find him on the boat that he's supposed to like be taking them out on. Like he's this big, rich, fancy dude. And he's like, yeah, I'm a party guy still, but I got a boat to party on. But they get to the boat and they're like, where is he? Oh, where could he be? I don't know. And then they open the door to like the bedroom on this yacht. And he's having sex with some girl that he obviously met three days ago. And and it's just like, oh, okay. So some people grew up. This guy didn't. This is going to be annoying all the way around. And then there's this other couple. So you got this couple who has a baby, this guy who owns the yacht, or at least seems to own the yacht. Spoiler there. And then the girl he's banging. And then this other couple. And I'm like, okay, other couple. <laughs> You're the ones I'm going to be able to tolerate. And for the most part, that's actually true. I, I They get lost in the mix a little bit, but they weren't. The other couple wasn't awful. But anyway, that was the, the I hate these people and oh good, they got old and boring was literally the first two minutes of the movie. Then people get on a boat and it's revealed that the female, the, the baby's mom, let's say, she has some sort of history with water. Did they bring the baby on the boat? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so you responded the way they want people to. <laughs> well, no, no, I'm excited because someone's going to use a baby as shark bait. You are not wrong. No, you are wrong. That's the, I, oh. I know you're joking, but if they had, man, would that have gotten interesting? I would have feelings that I've never felt watching a movie before. <laughs> because here's here's the plot that I've come up with for this movie since since you've been talking is that the guy the the party dude doesn't really own the boat. Right. It's owned by the girl whose parents are the sharks and it's all a ploy to eat some delicious baby. <laughs> Man, you've written a more interesting movie. Well, these notes are really just from the first two minutes of the movie, but it was, I hate these people. Oh, good. They got old and boring. Nope. I still want them all dead. <laughs> and then great. There's a baby to try to make me care. So they're stuck on the boat here. Here's what happens. That's like the inciting problem. And it takes a while to get there, I think, but they all jump off the boat into the water and then they realize hey wait a second nobody put the ladder down oh no we're stuck in open water so yeah so they can't get back up on the boat because there's no ladder and they are outside swimming around treading water and i'll tell you what for about 50 minutes it might have been 51 i did check the clock nothing happened <laughs> <laughs> this is when we get to pacing i'm gonna have some low numbers for this because just nothing's going on whatsoever it's just like ah here we are 
And and the problem with this isn't just that it's kind of slow. I mean, I really like the first open water and it's got a, it's a slow pace to it as well. But the problem is at that 50 minute or 51 minute mark, like four things happen. <laughs> like It's like someone's getting injured. Someone's getting killed. Someone else is dying. It's just boom, boom, boom. And it really sheds a lot of contrast against that first 50 minutes. And it makes it seem super ridiculous that just everything how, goes wrong all at once. How big is this boat that they can't climb back in? It's a yacht. It's probably, uh, in terms of like what they would need to reach to be able to get back on, is probably uh, 15 feet above them, maybe. Jesus Christ. Maybe 10 feet above them. Maybe even less. But it does illustrate fairly well how it seems like it would be easy to get to, but it's like, yeah, but you're in water, so you can't put your feet on anything. There's nothing else to really get purchase with. Why don't they try climbing on top of the propeller? That's a good question. I don't think they like do at, try Like that. at least to get some sort of leverage and then like have someone else climb on top of them. To give the movie credit, I guess, because it would be easy to assume that they don't try anything at all. You do get to see them try a couple things. One thing that they come up with way late. I'm like, yeah, I thought of that immediately. <laughs> like This guy's like, I have an idea. And I'm like, oh, I wonder what he's going to come up with. And then he, he said, well, you know, I'm going to spoil this a little bit because it doesn't really Please, matter. I'm never going to see it. <laughs> he goes... We should take our bathing suits and turn them into a rope. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, duh, no kidding. <laughs> That's it. it. It doesn't. It Is doesn't. The exactly baby work. still on the boat? Yes, the baby's on the boat. So occasionally you hear this baby crying and. The mom is like, oh, you know, it's like kind of yelling to the baby, like, oh, it's okay. We'll be up there anytime now. You know, and the baby's like, I'm a baby. I don't understand. <laughs> uh, baby, gotta love me. Yeah. Um, so there's that. And I, I will say, man, I, I didn't think I'd actually have many good things to say here, but I will give them credit for having a couple shots, you know, from the, in terms of how the camera works done that are pretty good at illustrating how close the people are to being able to get back on the boat. It's like, oh, everything you need is right there. And that's pretty good. There's also, you know, most movies, if, if there was something that went wrong with a group of people, it would try to be like evened out uh, in, in terms of like blame. It'd be like, oh, you know, a lot of people messed up different things. You know, this isn't one person's fault. In this movie, it is completely one guy's fault. And I kind of enjoy that. <laughs> like, I'm like, yeah, he's t everything can be blamed on this guy completely legitimately. And that's about it for the good stuff. And I'm going to go ahead and spoil a big thing here because this movie by nature is misleading. The first open water is a shark movie, or at least I thought it was. There's also a third one. I haven't seen that. But uh, apparently, based on having seen the second movie, I'm going to say this is not a shark movie franchise. This is just a I can't get on a boat franchise because there is not one shark in this entire movie. Really? And, yeah. And the reason that I turned this movie on at like 1130 at night after having watched Ma was like, well, I was trying to decide between Ma and this and I'm not ready for bed yet. So, all right, I'll just turn this on and get to see some sharks. Boy, was I disappointed with the fact that there were no sharks. And the movie likes to hint that there might be sharks. It's like, hey, check this out. Blood in the water. And I'm like, oh, finally. Because I am an hour and 10 minutes into this. Well, 51 minutes into this movie. Come on, sharks. 
Nope. Not going to happen. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the only other note that I have that's, that says good is, oh, there is a reason for the one guy to stop the other guy from stabbing the boat. The note before that was, in the bad section, was people are doing stuff for no reason, like the one guy stopping the other guy from stabbing the boat. And a few minutes later, they're like, no, here's the reason for that. And it's like, oh, okay, well, you weren't as dumb as I thought. That's going to get a, a pro. <laughs> you, get a, you get a good mark for that. Yeah. There's a guy with a knife? Yeah. Yeah, guy has a knife, and he's he's trying to get into... They discover that there's sort of a panel on the side of the boat, and he's trying to stab his way into the panel. And I was like... And another guy comes over and like is really eager to stop him from doing that. I'm like, hey, that's your best way onto the boat, man. Why would you be stopping him? What's, and then, of course... What's the plan? To like sink the boat a little bit in order to climb up? No, it's to, to open the panel, and that if they can open the panel, they might be able to get into the boat or be able to like use it to climb up. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah, not trying to sink it, because, I mean, then you'd be on a boat, but then your boat's sinking. Although, I guess well, I would take, call I would, for help. Yeah, like, you could call for help or at least, like, try to run the engine until and get closer to shore or something. Yeah. Be, I mean, it beats drowning <laughs> uh, uh, right away, at least. <laughs> like, you could drown later, or I'm sure there's life preservers on the boat. There is. You know, one woman has a life vest on, because she's the one who has a history with water. Oh, yeah, I didn't finish that part. So at the beginning, when she's getting ready to walk out onto the the dock thing to get to the boat, she has a sort of flashback to swimming with her dad. And it's pretty clear. I don't know if it's not supposed to be, but like it's pretty clear that her dad drowned while they were swimming together when she was a kid. Mm -hmm. So um, she wears a life vest. So she's got that. For a little while, they have an inflatable dolphin. And then uh, there are little like two little handles or something on the the bottom of the boat. I don't know what they're actually supposed to be for, but the people can kind of hang on to those while they're treading water. But anyway, the bad. Well, I think I've covered some of this. First of all, no sharks. Second of all, (laughs) waiting 50 minutes and then having everything happen. There are some weird choices in terms of like music. Like it felt like there was no music throughout most of the movie. And then all of a sudden there's this really dramatic orchestral music that doesn't, it just comes out of nowhere. So it really doesn't feel like it fits. And then like there's suddenly slow motion and that doesn't seem to belong there either. The acting is just kind of par until this one dramatic moment. So there's a moment where the guy's like, okay, here's why I stopped the other guy from stabbing the boat. It's because it's not my boat. I've been faking this whole thing. I'm not rich. Blah, 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 blah. And he's like crying and it's just really bad. It's like the worst dry cry ever. So the acting's not that great. There's really not much to sell you on. (laughs) But I kind of want you to watch it, but not out of kindness. Well, like the guy doesn't want to stab the boat because it's not his. So he's willing to die for this other guy's boat. If I had to explain it, (laughs) if I had, then you must, I mean, I'm with you. I'm with you. I want to make that clear. But if I, if I had to explain it in some sort of way that would justify it, I'd say he doesn't realize how screwed they're going to be by stopping the guy. And what ends up happening is, is that they like, maybe he would have changed his mind if they had more time. And he might have gone like, you know what? Okay, fine. Stab the boat. You were right. Let's 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 try to get out of here. But what happens instead is, and this all happens, like I said, within a few minutes of each other. One guy tries to swim around to the bottom of the boat to see if he can find a way in using the knife, which I don't know what you're going to do from the bottom of the boat, except for, well, I don't know. 
maybe like you said, end up sinking it. But anyway, this one guy does that and he drops the knife. So then he swims after the knife, swims down, which by the way, there's no way you're catching up with a knife that's sinking. Right. And I would imagine a lot of water knives probably have something in them to keep them afloat. But this thing is just like a regular old knife just falling to the bottom of the ocean. Somehow, even though he's like 15 feet behind it, this guy catches up with the knife. But then he's out of air, so he's got to swim up really quickly. And you would think, oh, no, he's going to give himself the bends. But that's not the case. Instead, he just swims right up into the propeller and hits his head on it. It's not running, so it's not like it chops his head up. He hits his head and gives himself a bleeding concussion. You would only get the bends if he had, like, oxygen under the water. Like if he was breathing from a tank? Yeah. No. Oh, okay. Well... Good to know, I guess, if I'm ever in that so scenario. Science, I'll be sure to swim to the, the surface as fast legit. as possible yeah. based on what Nick's told me. And if I get the bends, everybody knows to blame Nick. It's on tape. <laughs> uh, we tried scuba diving together. Yeah. I'll never be getting the bends because I can't swim underwater. I don't. Yeah. Anyway, story for another time. So I bang it. I bang my head. No, this guy bangs his head on this propeller. Then like two seconds later, the other guy gets the knife from him because he's still got the knife even though he knocks himself basically into being nonverbal. The other guy gets the knife, starts stabbing the side of the boat. The other guy goes to stop him and ends up making the first guy stab himself with the knife. So now we got a guy bleeding from the ears. This guy stabbing himself. It's very clear there's blood in the water. So you're like, okay, shark time. (laughs) You think sharks are going to show up. They're not. And literally a minute later, this other woman's like, okay, well, you know what? Since everyone's all stabbed and everything, I'm just going to swim away. And you think, well, that's, this is good timing. She'll be all by herself. And there are clearly sharks coming. She's going to be shark food. Nope. Next thing we see of her, she's just sinking. And then the other guy tries to catch up with her, but he can't really catch her in the water. And so she just sinks. Which I don't. She think. falls faster than a knife. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So Does she sink because she's exhausted, or she just gives up on on life, or you know, I think it's it's ambiguous. It's it's a bit of both. That's really all I got to say about this. In my so I did like you know my my notes often are separated into the plot and then good, bad, and weird. And for the weird, it's not really like about the movie. But while I was watching this all. You know, amidst my thoughts about how much it would suck to film this movie where you're just in water all the time, I had the thought, why does moving liquid through our bodies keep us warm? And I'm sure there's a very good sciencey answer for that, but it just seemed kind of strange, you know? We're warm-blooded because we just keep moving our blood around. That's it. <laughs> that's it. That's that's the... Uh, that's. Just, I had a lot of time to just sit back and think because nothing was going on in a lot of this movie. I, oh, I know the answer to that. Oh, I can't wait to hear it. Oh, boy. Okay. Every time Nick says, I know the answer to this, it's always an interesting story. (laughs) Your body is mostly water, right? Yeah. And it takes a lot of energy to raise or decrease the temperature of the water. Conveniently, your body is made of a lot of water because it's pretty stable. There you go. Oh, okay. (laughs) Okay. So our body's warm because it takes a lot of energy to keep our body warm. Your body's warm... Because of all of the chemical reactions that are happening within it. Hmm. But the water within it helps to dissipate the heat. But if there was too much, you would freeze to death kind of a thing. (laughs) It's like you have just enough coolant in your body. The water basically acts as coolant and a temperature regulator. Like it keeps your body from getting too, too cold 
and keeps it from getting too hot unless you're in extreme circumstances like a like a radiator in a car <laughs> oh okay now i get it <laughs> and when you're and when you're sweating it's because your body says whoo it's too hot let's get rid of some of this water oh well and and then that was like, uh, conveniently wow, conveniently is... sweat also cools you off as it evaporates what it what a interesting mr wizard experience we've just had <laughs> that's why humidity sucks so much because it, it makes sweat harder to evaporate i think i think we gradually got towards topics that nick's a little more confident explaining <laughs> <laughs> well that was it for open water too i really can't recommend this movie i want to watch the movie we invented with the shark this people baby bait yeah <laughs> it's like uh it's like cater bait but oh gross. yeah all right your less turn. shotguns yeah less shotguns definitely <laughs> don't watch the movie gator bait or gator bait 2 i don't remember which one has the shotgun in the vagina sequence i think that was gator bait but i will say that the scene was extreme enough to make us want to see gator bait 2 <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't i don't know i don't know what possessed us to watch the second one but it definitely stuck with us it's not the sort it's of thing true. you easily forget yeah. pretty disturbing nick well tell us speaking about of movies that i've seen this week yeah I watched The Journey of Natty Gann from 1985, directed by Jeremy Kagan, and this movie stars Meredith Salinger, John Cusack is in it for some reason, and Ray Wise is like the dead. Help me out Scatman here. Carruthers is also in this. Oh, he's cool. Help me out here if you can. Mm -hmm. What was the appeal going into this? Like, what made Jill want to see it? She had seen it many times as a child oh. when she was younger. And after we turned the movie on and it had been playing for a while, I too have seen this movie before. Oh. And you probably have seen it too. I'll bet I have uh, not. I mean, it's one or the other. <laughs> so, <laughs> I I, um, I never saw a lot of those things that like we never had Disney Channel or anything like that. So there are a lot of things that are like out there that a lot of other kids saw that I I didn't. I saw a lot of horror movies, but I didn't see things like Anne of Green Gables or Pippi Longstocking or anything like that. I, I never saw those either. But when we put this on, I was like, I don't know what this is. And like as the movie went on, I was like, I've seen this. I've seen this movie a long time ago. I feel like this is something we rented a few times at my house. So the plot of this movie is it's 1930s Chicago. The Great Depression is in full effect. And Ray Wise is Meredith Salinger's dad. Meredith Salinger plays Natty Gann. And he gets a job offer to work in the Pacific Northwest as a logger. But he has to like make a decision right now <laughs> that he's got to go. And the bus leaves in like an hour. And he's like, okay, well, I guess I'll go try and find my daughter who everyone in Chicago knows. I got to try and find her to tell her, hey, I got to go. I'll send for you in a few weeks when I get paid. And he can't find her because she's just out and about. And he basically asks the lady who runs the daily hotel they stay in to watch his kid for a couple weeks until he gets back. And so like, that's when the movie starts basically is this girl has like a run in with the cops and the lady who runs the hotel is like, I've had it with you. It's been nearly a day. I'm calling the orphanage to take you away. And so Natty Gann 
escapes and makes her way to like the railroad to try and make her way to her dad because apparently there's only one logging camp in all of Washington state so that's where she's where she's going she uh jumps a train to you know like ride the rails kind of a thing uh-huh. and she runs into John Cusack for some reason who is very young John Cusack has been around for forever which is weird anyway John Cusack looks like he's supposed to be like 16 17 in this uh-huh. and the main girl is I think is either supposed to be like 12 or 13 so it's like there's this weird age discrepancy discrepancy anyway John Cusack kind of watches over the one night and then they get separated and she just kind of makes her way through the woods and she comes across this town and she makes her way inside this gambling arena where there's a dog fight going on and this is an unexpectedly violent sequence where there's like a doberman pincher i don't know dogs i'm guessing it's a doberman (laughs) uh fighting fighting a wolf like a full-on wolf okay and the wolf wins and you know it wins because its mouth is covered in blood and also there was the sound of the dog's neck breaking. Oh god. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. I was like, "Wow, go Disney. Go go full on out." And then everyone's like scared of this wolf and she lets the wolf go like she opens the door to let the wolf escape and then some guy punches her in the face and he's like way to go girl (laughs) you lost our wolf and then she like leaves and she goes to get on another train and when she gets on the train the wolf is there and long story short she and the wolf become very good friends and eventually she meets up with john cusack again for some reason and then they go on a journey for a while and she just slowly makes her way to the pacific northwest to the world's only logging camp and she tries to you know it's just a journey for her to try to find her dad this movie was fine it's it's pretty by the numbers the one thing i liked is that when there is no need for dialogue Uh there isn't any she doesn't spend a lot of time talking to the wolf explaining what's going on okay the movie the movie respects your intelligence as far as like it, it doing visual storytelling rather yeah. than telling you. And the wolf is really good. The main girl is very good. Cusack is fine. Ray Wise, who plays the dad, he's been in tons of stuff. If you if you don't know who he is, but he just looks like he was born to play any character in the 1930s. He just has that look about him. And this this was a fun movie, and it's pretty nostalgic. It's got that definitive mid 80s disney feel to it to the point where james horner was the composer for this movie with the with the music and i swear to god i've heard this either the music is just generic james horner stuff Mm -hmm. or four other movies have used this exact same soundtrack while the music's playing i'm like this sounds so familiar at one point i thought it was the music from independence day and then i was like maybe it's the music from the rocketeer it's just like generic disney uplifting adventure music but it's really well done see i thought you were gonna say it sounded like the pirates of the caribbean theme that's also in what was it also was it also in the rock is it i think so I didn't know that. I think it's The Rock, where it's like, dun 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 dun, and I'm like, wait a minute, I know that. Oh, I know that from Pirates of the Caribbean. Wow, this is—they didn't bother to change that at all. Well, it's all Jerry Bruckheimer, right? Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's uh its the Villanilla Ice thing, where he's like, it's a little bitty change. <laughs> it's that little bitty change. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, I really don't have a whole lot more to say about this. It's definitely worth checking out if you've got like an hour and a half to kill, uh, an hour, 40 minutes to kill. It's a fun adventure movie. It's really well done. It's corny. It's like a family film, but the main girl swears a couple of times. There's a pretty graphic violence. There's a lot of horrible death. Like at one point, the dad is is working for this logging company, and they have to like clear a path with dynamite. Uh-huh. And I don't know what the intention was, like what the deliberate plan was, but. They put all this dynamite under a tree and then the dad like lights the dynamite and it's got like a fuse of like two feet. And I'm like, why wouldn't they use more fuse and run away? Like, why why are they all standing next to this dynamite? (laughs) And it's not like the dynamite gets lit accidentally. There's like a, a scene with the dad and he's like carefully lighting the fuse and deliberately lighting a match and putting it to the fuse. And then it cuts back to like the guy who runs the logging camp, who seems like a pretty decent guy. And the men all seem to like him, which which I thought was refreshing. It wasn't just corporate megalomaniac taking advantage of workers. There's like this weird love between this guy and his workers, which I appreciated. Anyway, so it cuts back to this man and they're all just like waiting for the dynamite to explode and there's this massive explosion and everyone's like oh my god we gotta get them out of there i'm like well what was the original plan how do you know that like you're so far away how do you know that something's gone wrong and they get over there and there's just like pieces of people everywhere oh god (laughs) dead well i mean there's like a lot of blood and people being like thrown into this truck to get them to like a hospital or something so what you're saying is it looks like when the worms explode in tremors not as graphic i was exaggerating not as graphic yeah but um the disney version of that and so like the dad just has like a wound in his arm and you're like, but he was the closest to the explosion. <laughs> like, like um, he's, he should be the most exploded. Yeah. And there's like, so like girls trying to make her way to the only logging camp in Washington state. I keep saying that because she has no idea where the dad is. And she's like, well, he's got to be at this one place. And the guys have all finished working. Like, I guess, I guess they're not like doing logging for lumber but like they're clearing a path for like maybe a train or something it's not entirely clear at least to me what they were attempted like what their job was other than chop down trees and blow up rocks i just assumed it was for lumber but i i guess it was actually for building roads or railroads or something anyway as the movie goes on it gets later and later in the season and winter is winter is coming and you're moving further and further north and so like they establish that it starts snowing and stuff and her and john cusack are like oh it's it's getting cold but we're not really suffering and they go to the dad and the dad thinks that she's dead because they found her wallet in a uh, train wreck and he's like real sad so he just keeps taking these suicide jobs basically and the boss comes in and he goes gentlemen we've we've received word that our work here is not yet finished we have a few more things to do and the men are all like oh man but we were supposed to go to alaska this week and i'm like you want to go to alaska in winter that's that's the goal here is to go to Alaska in winter. What is going on? Yeah. And and then the both is like, listen, fellas, we'll do this job. And then we're on our way. And they're all like, yay. And I'm like, <laughs> who God. wants to go to Alaska in the middle of winter? Uh, especially in the depression. Like you're going to live in a tent. So 
that's going on. The other thing about this movie that's like weird is that it's the 1930s. It's the depression. Everyone is poor and homeless or living on the, the streets in one capacity or another. But it's a Disney movie. So everyone's very clean. <laughs> like everyone's everyone's clothes are in tatters and dirty, but no one's got any dirt on their face. And uh, that really stands out. So I thought that was funny. Nothing like authenticity. I looked up right. Meredith Salinger because I was like, I don't know who that is. And I still don't know who that is. Yeah, I recognize her from a couple of things, but this was basically like her one real big thing. And then but she like seems to have worked consistently since then, but it's like small stuff. But she's great in this movie and she's she's terrific. That's it. The Journey of Night Again. I, I'd say check it out, especially if you want a cool adventure movie. All right. Keep it in mind. The next time you're looking for something and you're like, you know, you just got no direction or anything. I uh, Obviously, because I haven't said it to you repeatedly. I don't as strongly recommend us as Get Out, but mm-hmm. it's worth checking out. Get to that in about five years. Yeah. Figured about that. I saw Ma. So the plot of this movie is a bunch of kids. Okay, so a girl is in a new school and she meets some kids and they become friends. I mean, I've never seen more instantaneous like, okay, now we're friends. Like literally this girl sits down next to her and she's like, you're new. And she's like, uh-huh. She's like, here's my number. Come hang out with me and my friends. It's, it's just automatic. So sounds like a scam. I thought at first too, I was like, are they, is this going to be like a carry situation where they're like, yeah, we like you. Ha ha ha. Just kidding. Here's pig's blood. But no, no, they're just, they become friends and there's a little push and pull because she's like, yeah, no, I'm going to this thing with my mom. And then it, gets canceled so it it doesn't really matter point is she ends up taking them up on their offer to hang out and obviously like from jump street she and this dude are like oh we're making eyes at each other too so this it's a good thing this girl invited her into their group of friends because she and this guy are gonna be boyfriend and girlfriend and i think it's like her first boyfriend i think they say anyway that becomes sort of a b plot in the movie to their credit it's pretty effective like the actors do a pretty good job of like being cute about liking each other but anyway the mom by the way is not ma but the girl's mom is uh juliette lewis who i just found out the other day on the internet is a scientologist allegedly but anyway new town hanging out with new kids and then the kids want to get drunk and they meet octavia spencer who is like i will go ahead and get your beer and like it's not even like hey could you pick us up some beer it's here's our list it's it's the stupidest thing it's like here please buy this shopping list worth of things in the liquor store actually come to think of it hmm I didn't realize this during the movie, but I'm not sure why this woman would be going into the liquor store because she does say at some point in the movie, she's like, I don't drink, which ends up not being true anyway. She starts drinking again, I guess, but whatever. She buys them a bunch of beer and other stuff. And then that's like a a one-time thing. She just gets them this stuff. And then they, I guess this is something that's kind of janky about the movie because like they know exactly when to be there the second time to have her get stuff for them and then she invites them back to her house and this is where the movie sort of takes off they start hanging out at her house and it feels very strange it feels not believable 
you know, like I think when kids want to like drink and do stuff that would get them in trouble, they basically want to be on their own to do that. I don't think they just want to hang out with some stranger who who doesn't really, other than doing what they want and getting them their liquor, she doesn't really do anything that makes her cool. You know, it's not like it, it, it's not like she's some old surf dude who just like somehow seems cool to these kids because he's living what from a teenage perspective looks like a cool life. She's just letting them use her basement. And fortunately, they don't spend a whole lot of the movie just doing this before they're like, OK, now this is starting to get weird. So it starts to get weird. And on the good side, Octavia Spencer, she's a really good actor. And you get little bits and pieces of her like backstory throughout the movie and flashback, which is a little bit of a lazy way to put it in there, but it's better than just having her explain everything. But what's really good about it is you see these flashbacks that give you enough to go like, okay, I know what's kind of sensitive spot for her. I kind of can, can get a sense of her motivations and they show really well on her face. Octavia Spencer's really good at taking that material and being like, and here is the expression I would have while these things are happening around me. And it's nothing too complex, but she just does a really good job of it. So that's a highlight. Like I said, the interactions with the kids are cute and I'll give the movie a lot of credit for that. Cause usually when it comes to like trying to show romance in movies, it's just like people don't know how to do it. Maybe Maybe they do with kids a little better because it's easy to do awkward but these kids do a good job the main character whose name i can't remember um but she, she the the actress looks a lot like Anne Hathaway and that kept taking me out of the movie because I'm like I feel like I'm just looking into Anne Hathaway's childhood the the bad in this movie is really just the whole why would the kids hang out with this woman it just doesn't work as far as a plot goes if there's a lot of it that feels kind of forced but again it's it's handled pretty well in terms of moving along fast enough that it's not you're not spending a ton of time questioning that or even really seeing it play out because they do start to think it, she's a little odd pretty early on. So it's like, okay, I, I, eh. it's a little messy, but it, it kind of works. That said, well, hmm. so it, it doesn't work, but the way they push it along makes it a little bit easier, I guess, to handle. That said, at some point in the movie, everybody's at this woman's house. Like it goes from being these like four or five kids to being like two high schools worth of kids partying in this woman's basement and that part's really strange it doesn't make a whole lot of sense and i, I don't know it's, it's weird because it's almost like this woman mod doesn't notice like she doesn't she never in spite of the fact that she has like a bunch of rules about like no cursing and no like using the lord's name in vain and stuff like that and, and no going upstairs like the, you're only allowed to use her basement you're not allowed into her house at all even even once she's like really partying with the kids and Octavia Spencer does a pretty good job of that too like being this dorky old woman who's like dancing and singing with kids but in spite of all these rules she doesn't seem to care at all that there are like 200 kids in her basement and that's a little strange but again it moves along so quickly that you don't really have a whole lot of time to just sit there and be like why are there so many kids here the trailer of this movie Kind of like you had said about something that you watched recently where you said like the whole movie's in the trailer. I think it might have been Bloodshot. Mm -hmm. This is very much like that, but in a similar way to what you had pointed out about, I think it was Bloodshot. You wouldn't be able to really interest anybody if you took out the plot points. Mm -hmm. You know, without knowing that she's going to get weird and creepy, you'd be like, I don't want to watch a movie about kids hanging out with a woman. What's the point of that? So this movie kind of spoils itself. But I'll tell you what. At the end of the day, this movie was a lot better than I expected it to be, and it was a pretty good ride. 
So uh, I recommend it. Actually, oh, okay. I'm not sure you would like it. And I don't really know why that is. I feel like you're not going to enjoy it. But I think most people would. And that's not usually the case. So so I don't know what to tell you. you, you good luck. <laughs> okay. Watch it if you feel like it. I, <laughs> I think you probably would come away from it saying that it's better than you expect. And I think you'll like Octavia Spencer's performance. But, but you know, like when it comes to going, oh, there are a bunch of things that are wrong with this, though. I think you'd still have a pretty good list. So I... <laughs> If you're really just looking for something strange, I don't know what Jill would think of it either. If you guys watch it together, I think you might have a good time. That's as close as I'm going to get to saying I recommend it to you. As far as any listeners go, check it out. (laughs) It's not bad. All right. Fair enough. That's it. All right. Well, that brings us to our movie ranking list update for this week. AKA five on five. Right. (laughs) Uh, I got my list open right now. What do you think I'm going to give... The Journey of Natty Gan. Uh, it sounds like you walked away pretty pleased. I'm going to say three and a half. All right. So the plot of this movie is pretty basic. Girl's got to find her dad and she's got to cross the country with no money. You know, it's pretty basic. I'm going to give the plot a two and a half. Also, she has a friend, Wolf. The acting, I'm going to give a three and a half. The wolf is fantastic. Uh, I read the internet movie trivia and the wolf has been in a bunch of movies the the wolf is the wolf from the thing yeah. um from the beginning of the thing the, the thing that the the swedish or whoever are trying to shoot that's the the same wolf and the wolf gets in this movie the wolf gets a special credit like as the credits start where it says wolf played by jeb <laughs> like, she okay. doesn't name the wolf at any point now they just call it wolf huh, interesting which i also appreciated because she doesn't own the wolf or anything like that she just says yeah me and the wolf are just kind of going the same way and i really like the relationship between her and the wolf because they help each other out and they don't expect anything from the other one and then there's this one part where the wolf can always sense danger or whatever and there's this one part later where the wolf just starts growling out of nowhere and john cusack is like what's the deal with the wolf and she goes something bad's about to happen and cusack's like what are you talking about and she goes he always knows when something terrible is about to happen we need to leave right now and i'm like that a girl way to way to pay attention to the wolf because the wolf knows what's up pacing for this movie i'm gonna give it a three which might be a little generous. It does kind of lag. Like, a movie's an hour and 40 minutes, but it feels much longer. But it, it does tell a lot of story in a short amount of time. The aesthetic, I'm going to give it a four. It looks great. It really feels like you're in the 30s. Everything looks dirty and gross and poor, except that everyone has recently had a bath. And then for enjoyment, I'm going to give this a three and a half. This was a fun movie. I, I enjoyed it. And while I was watching it, I thought to myself, my son would really like this too. I'm not sure about my older daughter, but I think my son would enjoy watching it. So that's pretty good. So this score ended up averaging out to about a 3.5. Wow. I'm sorry, a 3.3.3. Oh. <laughs> so close. I got to start guessing these in-between numbers. I don't think we can. Can we do that? I, I can tell you whatever I want. <laughs> I have your list open, and first thing you talked about was Poltergeist 2, right? Oh, 
Uh, yeah, I'm I'm going to do Ma first, though, because I just remembered oh. something. So when she finally, like, snaps, it feels a little... It's one of those things where it's hinted at enough or it's shown enough that you're like, she could do this more gradually. It's a little bit like Open Water 2 where a lot happens at once. But the first thing she does that's, like, really over the edge, it's an awesome moment. So that's... I, I, I'll say, like, if you do watch it, uh, I don't want to spoil it, but if you do watch it, you'll be like pretty crazy when she finally just goes off isn't it <laughs> like yeah <laughs> and uh it gets some points for that because i definitely was like kind of sat forward and laughed at the same time but anyway so ma well you seem to really enjoy this movie so i think you're gonna give it a three and a half Hmm. Uh, let's see. Story plot. Hmm. It's a weird idea and it, it seems kind of forced, but it's an enjoyable ride as the plot goes. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to give it a three for the plot. That seems a little generous, but it, my, my enjoyment in my plot may be mixing a little bit. Acting. The acting in this movie is all pretty good. The kids and Octavia Spencer, Octavia Spencer more than most. I'm going to give the acting a four. Yeah. And the pacing, uh, the pacing is perfectly fine. It, it, it moves by very quickly. So I'm going to give the pacing a four. Aesthetics. I didn't really notice anything special. So I'm just going to give that a three. And then enjoyment. I'm going to give it a three and a half. Well, that brings the score to an even three and a half. Wow. Good, good yeah. guess. All right. Hey, I win the prize. What Next up. Get? Another beer. Um, <laughs> I'm going for the high score. <laughs> Poltergeist 2. I think you're going to give this movie a two and a half. Two and a half. All right. So the story's junk. So I'm going to give the story a two. (laughs) The acting, other than that one scene where Craig T. Nelson is trying to pretend he's the old guy, there's not a whole lot of great stuff. The old guy's pretty good, though. And the Native American character, he's good. Let's, I'll give it to 2.5. Pacing, it's hard to say because there's not much to it. Uh, I'll give the pacing a two and a half. The aesthetics, for the most part, are pretty dull, not really noticeable. But then there's this one moment where, uh, do, I don't know if you remember this or not. Do you remember him, Craig T. Nelson, swallowing the worm in a bottle of tequila? In the first one? No, in Poltergeist 2. I've never seen Poltergeist 2. Oh, Oh, you should definitely see Poltergeist 2 then. So he swallows the worm in a tequila bottle, and then it gets really out of hand a minute or two later, and it just goes really haywire. There's some interesting practical effects there, like really interesting practical effects, and and there's kind of a creature that happens... It also has the teeth of the old man. So <laughs> if, if you haven't seen this old man, you should definitely see this movie. Just just to see this guy and see the performance and stuff. Uh, I'm not too hesitant to say that. So the aesthetics, w- this is all over the place because a lot of it's drab, but then you've got this really, really wild thing that goes on there. So I'm going to give the aesthetics a two and a half, and I'm going to give the enjoyment a two. That brings your score to be a 2.3 for Poltergeist 2. Okay. Going back to the worm and the tequila bottle. Yeah. Is that still a thing? Probably. Because I don't drink tequila, and, or at least regularly, but like none of my friends drink tequila regularly. Like I just kind of figured at this point as an adult, someone would have told me to drink the worm at this point, and that's never happened. <laughs> like I've never been like challenged to drink the worm. It's just never happened. 
And I just realized that that's never happened because uh, you said the thing about the worm, and I was like, oh, yeah. yeah. So it's still a thing. I don't know how many people are drinking tequila out of the bottle. So, so it might be, the, it might be uh, if it is still a thing, it might be the case that most of the drinks you have that would involve tequila are just, you know, it's an ingredient in a mixed drink of some sort. So I don't know. I mean, like I have, a, I have a bottle of tequila, but there's no worm in it. Yeah, maybe it's like just maybe not that's a like an '80s thing. I don't know. I don't know. Tequila and I do not get along, so <laughs> I will <laughs> not be finding out. Open right, water, open water, adrift. I think you will give this movie two stars. Okay. The plot, this is tough because I do like the idea of people just being stuck around their boat with no ladder. I like the premise, so it gets a point for that. So it gets a point. One point. <laughs> One point. <laughs> the acting is pretty poor. It's going to get two points for acting. The pacing. Oh, man. This movie drags. Two for pacing. No, one and a half for pacing. I don't know why I'm giving it two. Aesthetics. Well, like I said, there are some shots that are really good at showing you this is how close they are. But then they do stupid stuff like slow motion. I'm going to give it two and a half for aesthetics just because of those cool shots. They are really good when they happen. And enjoyment, it's going to get a one. That brings your score for that to be a 1.6. That sounds about right. Just barely better than The Purge towards the bottom of your list. Oh, wow. That sounds about right, too. Speaking of our lists, if you would like to see them, you can go to thisweekinfilm.com. There you will find a link to our letterboxed page, which keeps our list neat and tidy. Also at thisweekinfilm.com, you can find out anything else you want to know about our show, including... The section called Midwest Matt Recommends. Matt, what do you recommend this week? That was a great segue. <laughs> you always congratulate yourself. After you <laughs> this week, I think uh, I just started listening to uh, a podcast called Conversations with Kenzie, who's someone I follow on Instagram, who's just like a really cool person. Is that the super body positive lady you're talking about a few months back? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She and she just put out a, a podcast and I'm not sure what her like credentials or like if she has a, a specific like position or anything, but she's kind of in the sort of thoughtful but casual mental health world and, and she's a pretty thoughtful host and so she brings on people that she's talking to about like the, the episode I listened to the other night was just about science in general and how to think like a scientist. It was pretty nice nice conversation so if you're looking for something that's just like not real structured in terms of a specific theme but has a really steady kind of atmosphere of interest and curiosity and, and kind of like a nice way of looking at the world it's a it's a pretty good podcast so uh conversations with kenzie yeah. wow that's super great matt if you if you the listeners at home would like to if you want to send us an email tell us what you saw in movies this week shoot us a line at this week in film podcast at gmail.com we'll read what you have to say on the the show it'll be fun and if you really um, like us uh, do a little review on uh, Apple podcast or something we appreciate that's that. also true yeah that's also true I guess if that is the end of the reel we'll see you next week in film. Judge movies, not people. Unless they're shark people. Then at least that's not they're there. Make the final cut. I, don't oh, think. Okay. I think that's going to get cut out. <laughs> that makes sense. Okay.